Welcome back to episode six slash five of the From the Pub podcast. Um, I am Ethan Williams, as always. Charlie Hamilton next to me. Um, it's been a busy week of sport and other uh, irrelevant events, which obviously is our is our big niche. And so, uh, Charlie, mate, take it from the top. How's your week been? What's uh, what's caught your eye the most, mate? Week's been brilliant. Okay, interesting. Two, two from two, mate. Two from two. We'll start there. All right. Know? Yeah. We will start there with the mighty Chelsea are back oh, on top form. Yeah. Six points from two games, mate. How have your last two Rom. games been? Rom. No, no, no. I think you won in the cup and in the yeah, league. Yeah, well, you know, so still three, counts. Three points from one game. Yeah. And you beat Brighton. Yep. And, uh, and and a good win. Yeah. Against against the informed Brighton who put out their full full eleven. Of subs. Yeah, mate, you got to take what you can get out here. You know, you got to take what you can get. The game. No, I will say, um, big congratulations to Nicholas Jackson for winning Chelsea's goal of the month contest for September. Um, had a lot of competition for that, considering nobody else scored all month, um, apart from his one goal against Brighton. So big, big kudos to him. That's a, that's a hell of a title. Yeah, well, you know, best goal of the month. It is. It deserves the award. Yeah, that's correct. It was the best goal of the month. It was also the worst. <laughs> and, uh, Goal of the month for for next uh, for next month will probably be Armando Broja's <laughs> effort, which was actually kicked into him by the defender. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, or or the eighty million pound man Mudrick finally getting. Oh, I will tell you what, mate. <laughs> Don't let him get hot. Don't let him get hot with, mate. A, with, a, oh. with the Liverpool boy. I was watching him with the Liverpool boy, and um, it, it it reminds me of how I felt when when Darwin Nunes got his first goal after being trashed for quite a while. Yeah, and and I'd sort of quite enjoyed watching Darwin Nunes be terrible. Yeah, and then when he actually scores, uh, there's a little feeling of of regret, and you still don't quite mm. know what you're going to get from him. Mm. But, Bit of a um, shame this weekend actually, because Kai Havertz also got a goal. So another one of those sort of it's quite amusing. Yeah, like, it, 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 means, it means nothing to me. All he did was win us the Champions League, and uh, yeah, cheers for coming, mate. You, you, you're a waste of time in every other, <laughs> every Literally, other. Yeah. Match, yeah, it's quite funny as well because until he left the club, every other fan of any club was telling the Chelsea fans that they just didn't believe, mm. they didn't pay attention, and, and now they're sort of really hammering the narrative themselves. It's amazing how that kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. Yeah, yeah. mate. Um, pickle bunch, you last. Yeah, yeah I, I, I still can't quite believe. That Arsenal saw that Chelsea team a couple of years ago and thought, you know, the two players we need, it's Jorginho and Kai Havertz. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> though. honestly, I, can't, I I still can't quite believe how they took it from us. To be honest, mate, um, no, it's a bit of a strange one. But you know, I mean, it's, you could say the same for West Ham about um, with the Rice situation, where selling a player and somehow getting better. It just goes to show sometimes as long as you've got the recruitment lined up to replace, it, it doesn't need to be a big issue. And so if players are, if clubs are asking for players at prices that you're willing to sell, you, you shouldn't really be reserved in doing that. Do you know what I mean? I said, even if, even if it is your star man or someone you, you're you not trying to shift, if a club comes in, you, those situations might as well take the deal because you mm. can't improve anyway. Yeah. Cause it, cause let's be honest. I mean, you've had a couple of really good replacements to come in for rice Fantastic. and actually talk, talk, talk about good business. I think, I think they sold them at the perfect time, mate, Yeah, but for the club and you, you've shown that it's, it's not, he wasn't such a pivotal player that he, the team needed him. I mean, he, he was obviously yeah. an 
exceptional player, but I think not having him, you left you, you he left the team in a good enough position to be able to move forward, you know. I mean, I was never really worried about him making the team that much worse when he left. I think my thought was only if they don't replace him, that's going to be a problem because we don't have a, a ready-made backup or replacement. He credit to him, he, he had a great record of staying fit and uh, in the team. So there was no issue like that. He never had any issues with suspension. So um, you know, there wasn't a like backup who was ready to take on the bigger role. It had to be a, a full replacement. And they did that. They signed Alvarez for 40 million. So um, you know, it's it's quite it's been quite pleasing, honestly, because West Ham's net spend this summer was was nothing. You know, was, I think it might have even been five in the green. So um, you know, that that's been good to see. And then and we've been a much better team this year as as not maybe not as a result. That sounds harsh on Declan, but I think because of the overall business done this summer, we we've become a better side for sure. Mm. You know, I'm sure yeah, Chelsea I mean... weren't looking necessarily to sell. Havertz and Jorginho in terms of like going into the window they weren't like offering them out to different clubs but as soon as Arsenal came in I can't imagine they had much reservation accepting that bid either no. I mean I mean anyone who comes in for Havertz at that money I, I don't know I don't know how many bids we rejected but I, I would sure have rejected probably zero maybe I can't one imagine just... there were any no I, I can't maybe, see I'm just, maybe I don't know I doubt they were looking to sell him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. But when that bid comes in, it, it's always it's the same thing I said. With, I don't think West Ham were looking to sell Rice. Now, maybe it's a different situation because we probably were resigned to the fact that we were going to have to. But it's that same thing where if you've got a player that other clubs want to sign for big money, don't be completely reserved against doing that because as long as the recruitment's decent, you can still improve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've seen, it, seen it. It, it was it was a similar story. I think it it wasn't long ago that Chelsea were regarded as 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 a club who, who just do business really well, and 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 they've well, sort of gone the opposite direction. And yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's obviously some standouts, but before 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 we go on to standouts, I think talking about Declan Rice in good business. I think we really lost the plot with Kante. I mean, we weren't we we weren't blessed with his injuries, obviously, mm. but. There were a couple of times where people came in for him big, and 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 uh, and it was whether whether that was the right time to sell or not, you know, because he he was one of the greatest CDMs in the world. People were really going all in, going in all guns blazing for him, and we mm -hmm. we we held on to him only for him to get injured. So I think it's a similar story, and two clubs have done the business pretty pretty differently, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I just. It's, it's, as I said, it's just one of those funny things. I think buying and selling players is is such an interesting dynamic, especially just because you don't you don't have sort of a there's no guarantee really that the manager or the owner, whoever it is, is the man in sort of sort of running that, you know. And um, I, I just think it's it's that thing it changes a club's fortunes so much, and it, it's such a fascinating thing every time it comes around. But it doesn't always go the exact way we expect it to, you know. Mm. No, well, mate, it's been it's been it's been a great week for Chelsea, and it's been a great week for for Europe. It has, mate. It has, has it, mate? What was the? I, I uh... did, I did, I did shoot Hank a text to see if he wanted to come on and listen to his gloat for a few minutes. So we'll see if we'll see if he takes me up on that offer. Um, <laughs> but mate, I mean, it was um, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Bit of theatre at the end there as well with with the the whole waving of the hats and. Joe LaCarva being a twat and Patrick Cantlay being a twat still and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Reason. Bones, mate. Bones being a twat. Yeah, McElroy's starting to have a bit of a pop. Side of McElroy I'd never seen before. He thought he was a bit too nice, to be honest. And then yeah. 
it's just he's a, he's in the he's in the lots having a go and then they're all on the bus afterwards going mental. It was good. I enjoyed it. Mate, there was a that there was the moment I predicted, which was a McElroy with ball in his eyes out. <laughs> Yeah, pretty yeah. sure it happened on like day two or something. Mate, my my favorite thing I, I I nearly texted you about this actually was when when in the press conference afterwards they asked like what's the what's the you know how do you go forward from here and he said something like oh well we, we, we the hardest thing to do in Ryder Cups at the moment is win away and we're gonna do that at Beth Plays Black in two years and all it could remind me of was the um, the uh, I'm, I'm telling you I'm telling you. <laughs> We're gonna win the Champions League. We're gonna win it. <laughs> they just had those vibes. I'm telling you, they got knocked out like the last sixteen, or probably. Yeah. I'm telling you, of course. I'm telling you, we're gonna win the Champions League. It wasn't. It just. It wasn't the question that was being asked, and he just sort of went on this, and everyone was almost just like, "Oh, all right, all right. yeah, cheers, mate." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, but that's good, man. It's good. I like I like seeing a few of those guys get get hot. You know, like you know, there you know there are some guys you got always going to get it from. Like I don't think we had any rare. Um, no, nobody had any like reservation or anything that like John Ram was going to get all heated up and get a bit mental. But you know, just like so like Justin Rose and McElroy, who are normally very well mannered and calm and collected, seeing them going mental is so cool. That that part mm. that Justin Rose hold. In that last match on on Friday, which I think was actually such an underrated moment, how important that was, because it it was like the like like Europe dominated the first session, and the US really the US won that second session. Yeah, that was and not that, meant to be our session to win. That it. was the part that made us win it. Do you know what I mean? Somehow, yeah. like, you know, and it made that thing of like, well, yeah, cheers, lads, you guys can play well and we'll still win. Um, mm. And he just went mental, and it was yeah. fucking great to see, man. Mate, it's like in any sport. You're you're almost what define the bit the victories. Mm. It's how you perform when you're not when you're not necessarily the best team on the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know how you find a way to half a hole, how you find a way to exactly. half a match, that kind of thing. It was pretty incredible to watch, really. Um, I saw. I, I, I was a bit shit watching it from the US because obviously the time zones were a bit fucked up. But yeah, um, just the theatre of it all, man, was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking of people running hot, I was I was pretty pretty. Pretty happy for for Fitzy, to be honest. Yeah. I thought Fitzy yeah. to 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 get off the mark. I think was pretty big, and obviously you, you can't deny Victor Hovland. That was pretty special. What a player! He's fucking unreal. <laughs> what a player! I mean, he went unbeaten for the tournament, didn't he? Is um, that right? Or did he lose to? He lost. Maybe he lost one game. Might have lost. I can't quite remember now. But, but yeah, mate, that nine and seven against. Yeah. Was it wasn't it against Kepler and Sheffler? Yeah. <laughs> after Hanky, after Hanky boy came on and said, "Play him every game," you know. It, Cheers, Hanky. Yeah. It's it's the way that um, like that that'll be a match that's talked about for a long time. Nine seven, like like mm. you know, if someone gets creeping towards, you know, someone's down six through six and all that, everyone's gonna be saying like, "Yeah, well, just remember." You know, they went nine and seven a couple of years ago in 2023. And it's going to be the fact that the, the guys who that was against are going to go down as Brooks and Scheffler. It's fucking crazy. You know, that was the team I thought was going to get a point on Friday. They arguably should have done because Ram had that chip in and then that oh, yeah. 
that he fucking smashed into the back of the hole and it somehow went in. The sort of Rory Holmes style moment where it's just like, yeah. has he done that? You know, um, it's one of those where you don't really know if you celebrate it or not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> it's, it was like an unbelievable part. The crowd's going nuts, and Ram was sort of stood there a little bit embarrassed, like, oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a shite part that went in. It's one of those where, like, in match play, you just you just got to take the mentality that if it drops, it, it's a brilliant shot. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a bit like for Mudrick, mate. You just got to get himself a goal, you know, and then maybe the next one will come in another year, you know, and 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 then he's on a streak. So, um, mate, anyone who bet on Chelsea to score two to two goals in two minutes <laughs> after not scoring for well since since the last game, but you know, <laughs> in a long time, yeah. But yeah. two in two minutes was was unprecedented for Chelsea. Feels good to well, be back, mate. Yeah, well, you're still in the bottom half, aren't you? Yeah, eleventh. Bring, right. bring it up strong. You know, just, right. just, just rising. Really, mind, mind, mind the gap, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, City dropped some points, mate. That was pretty shocking. I think Wolves are a good side, to be fair. So then they, they, they gave United a run, run for their money. Yeah, Gary. They've got the Korean guy. Gary O'Neill's a pretty decent, decent manager, from what I can tell, and uh, seems to know his stuff. Seems to be quite well. Well, man on the touchline, I always think that's important. And then I think the players have got a good respect for him as well because he's done. I think I think the players is funny with with how like Lampard and Gerrard's careers have worked out in management. Where I think the players sometimes have more respect for the journeyman model professional than they do for the superstar coming in. Because I think there's mm. that that sense of like, well, well, Frank Lampard is just trading off the fact that he was an unbelievable midfielder. You know, Gerrard the same thing. And I, I always wonder sometimes if. The fact they all know that Gary O'Neill grafted and grinded and, and and worked his socks off and you know was probably involved in 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 understanding all those tactical and and, and team management things from a from a much younger age. I just wonder if sometimes players respond to that better or or it enables him to respond to players better. Because I think you know you look at some of those guys that are coming through as younger managers right now, and the ones who weren't necessarily starlet players, you know, Gary O'Neill's good professional playing the Premier League a lot of times but he wasn't ever a star and he seemed to be a much better suited to management style than than some of the others I think he did a good job at Bournemouth I thought him um leaving that position was strange personally and then you know I think I think he's doing a pretty good job at Wolves all things considered to be honest mate no I get you I mean I mean there's a couple of outliers like you take people like Zip. oh I mean nope. oh. <laughs> oh here we go well, do you think on. I wasn't going to come? Uh, you you interrupted us as we were discussing how crap the standard of American golf is at the moment. Oh, apologies. Please continue, and then I can uh, I can join the uh, I can chime in on the segment where you'd like. No, we're just saying maybe for the next Ryder Cup, if we I don't know, get you some help, maybe throw Australia in there with you or something like that, just to <laughs> just to make it a bit more even. You know, it's interesting. I, I would love to have uh, Cam's flat stick because that would have been uh, probably pretty valuable. But um, yeah, it was an interesting weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't recognize his voice, that's that's Hank rejoining the show to um, to give his <laughs> thoughts on a on a on a tough weekend for for an American. Yeah, where where do you guys want to start? Uh, I've I've got a quick point, which is uh, you you had your eyes out for Brooks, didn't you? Brooks and Brooks and Scotty, you know. 
I mean, well, they, they performed well, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take in that one game of of Hovland and, and Orbear, Aberg. But yeah. talk me through your feelings of, of the nine and seven. Talk me, talk me through it. So, I watched it. I actually got up for it. Uh, it's wow. probably around midnight, one in the morning, and um, it was interesting. Tee shot on one. Scotty blocks right. Thick rough. Cost us the hole. Yeah. On two, uh, Brooks hits the fairway, center of the fairway. Scotty's got 170 to a raised green, pins in the back left, flies at five feet too long, skips in the rough. Brooks with a good chip, 11 feet, got to make a par putt, misses it. Halvin makes a five foot par putt. Then we go to three. Scheffler again, bad tee shot, puts us in another bad spot. And then you're down three already. And then you get to four. One of the Europeans hits a wedge inside two, three feet. Kepka hits his, I don't know, 15, 16 feet. Scotty misses the putt. So I like Scotty, but I think you can see what I'm setting up here is. Yeah. I can't, obviously, you know, I'm a big uh, Brooks Kepka backer. Mm. I don't really blame him for that loss. Now, did he have a poor tee shot on eight that he pulled left? Sure. But I think we can all say when you go down four and four straight holes, um, there's nothing you can do. It really turned on the third, if you think about this. Um, it's a long par four. Scotty hits the fairway. Brooks hits a 220-yard iron shot, just short right in front of the green. Should be an easy chip up and down. Okay. Um, Aberg hits his second on that third right into the rough. Hovland has to play first with his third shot. Hits it, chips, doesn't get onto the green, rolls all the way back down to his feet. So right now, you're they're lying three in front of the green, literally right next to where Scotty's playing from, lying two. So what am I thinking? You hit that 10 feet past the hole, and at worst, you're making five. And what does he do? He chips it and doesn't put enough on it, and it rolls all the way back down to his feet. That chip for me right there was the match. Um, so, I mean, look, I've, I think you guys have heard me say this. I know I've watched enough Brooks Kepka golf and probably Scotty Scheffler golf. I followed Brooks at the Masters. I hung out with his dad. He was dejected and disinterested at that point. I probably would have been too. So I'm not all that bothered by the nine and seven because when I then got up again, and I can tell you I bet quite heavily on Sunday on that singles match, um, Brooks buried him out there his opponents and outside of Hovland, he would have buried Rory, Rom, any of the other guys. And I can say with conviction as I watched that play. So that would be my reaction to your question. Yeah. Well, I'm, pl I'm pleased you didn't take it to the heart, mate. It doesn't. <laughs> well, I, my, my, my pocketbook's okay. Um, but if it wasn't, I probably would have been a little more upset. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be pretty, I don't know. I feel pretty mixed about it. Pretty, you know, plus minus. Did, did you um did you go back to sleep after the match was over? And it probably took a couple of hours, right? So did you go back? I to slept sleep a couple hours up? before my four year old started crying. Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, tough break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was tough. It was tough. Um, hey, um, yeah. quick point about um some some Americans who performed pretty well actually against 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 some some prior thoughts. I thought I thought JT. Sort of held up his own. He wasn't brilliant, but I thought. You okay, know, guys, come on! You got to tell me. Some considering how much you guys dislike JT. I hate that. Guy. What was your feelings for the yeah. fact that 
you know, I think the best three players for America was, I'm just saying based on the quality of golf I thought they played, was probably Cantlay, Kepka, Homa, and then JT maybe. No? Yeah, so so Homa was the, the most impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. He was the yeah. only guy that he was the only guy that I felt was playing genuinely good golf going into Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. um now obviously to, to your point you made about Kepka and the, the way like okay, foursomes are a little weird, whatever, whatever. But I think he was the only guy who it seemed like was was like doing stuff to win matches and points. Um, and then there were some others who who weren't losing was my would be my perception of it and i put justin thomas in the bracket guys like yeah he just wasn't losing games you know they half the match they should have won on friday that had a pretty big impact um so i just i just think it's one of those things to me where like maybe i'm biased because i i hate him but um yeah you know, I, I thought he did okay you know i don't think he i don't think he rose and, and brought up his team and the rest of the guys in the way that i think he thinks he did um and it just it just is funny because i think he to me is emblematic of why the europeans have such a good record in europe it's because the american team almost always has objectively more talent when you look at major champions and world rankings and things like that but europe always wins in europe and there was a moment on friday where justin thomas made like a five or six foot putt to half a hole i think just to stay one up in the match and this was when you know it's still on the bounce america was winning three matches at that point if they'd won that second session three one it's it's still game on and he made that part and his first reaction to celebrate was to like get not in the face of the crowd but to like scream at the crowd and and shush them and all this kind of stuff not to like go crazy with his teammate or the caddies or the other players and captains who are watching. And I've always thought this about American players when they play in the Ryder Cup is they just play for themselves and their own kind of egos and brands and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I think when you watch Europe, you see them make putts and see them win matches and they seem more excited to celebrate it with the other guys, you know, like, like Justin Rose made that part and that part we were just talking about that earlier on the, on the show is that part he made on Friday to half that match, I think that was the moment where it was like, okay, Europe's gonna, Europe's gonna win this, win this right. I, I think I, you're right. I, I think you're right. I mean, I would just say two things really quick. I think you made a very astute point last week that I was thinking about, but it came, it became much clearer to me yesterday, um, which I'll get to in a second. But just replying on your team comment there, you're right. I also wonder. There's something, something that happened, and I, I, I guess I'm projecting or it's, I'm hypothesizing. I, I don't think, I think Luke Donald, he was, it's either he was doing something different than Zach Johnson, or maybe it was just Zach Johnson was not the right guy for this role. Um, I don't really like how he engaged and handled his pressers. I don't really like how he structured his lineups. And what that tells me is, you know, I'm wondering if he really was fully, you know, building a team that was one single unit. Now, some could say you're saying, you know, the Americans just play more for themselves. That's true. I would hope, though, that the captain could try to bring them together as more of a single unit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. 
Um, and then one other thing I'd bring up is you, you, you made a comment, I think, of last week or two weeks ago when I was on the podcast, and it was around how the points work and all automatic qualifiers, or at least that's how I received it, and the construction of the American roster and how if you win a major and you're an American, it more or less solidifies your in. And case in point, you know, you know Brooks Kepko almost did it. Now, that's for different reasons. I think he is the best American player, and, and he almost got in because he only played in majors. He proves that point. But you made a point, and it brought me directly to Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon. And what I kept thinking about was the amount of points that they got from winning those two events where Harmon went on a heater. I mean, let's call it what it is. He is a great putter, but he went on a heater. And Wyndham Clark, I think, got the better side of the draw playing in the afternoon at LACC. Um, and it, it, I think, you know, it catapulted him forward in that tournament. Now, I'm not saying he didn't win, deserve to win, and neither Harmon, but I thought they played pretty average golf if you ask me for most of that week. And Spieth was a train wreck. And yeah, I just keep thinking, God, yeah. what could have gone differently if I could have had Dustin Johnson in that lineup? Um, mm. a, a real intimidator. Um, and I, I just think you guys had it. You, you guys played outstanding. And um, I think your roster was constructed better. I think the matchups were constructed better. I think your coach, you know, I have no evidence of this next comment, but I think Luke Donald did a better job in that locker room than what I, it appears to me Zach Johnson did. Um, and you guys deserve to win. Sorry for the yeah. taking so much time, but I, I you know, that's how <laughs> I, I, I feel, you know, after watching that event. That's I mean, I, I feel like one of the things about Zach and, 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 and Luke Donald is it, it's, it sounds simple, but the engagement that Luke Donald had with social media and the press and what he was, what he was doing for, almost, almost taking pressure off his, off, off his, off his, off his players. I thought, I thought it was absolutely brilliant in how he handled the media, and how he handled it for his team. And I, I'll be honest, I hardly saw any content from from Zach Johnson throughout the week, to be honest. And I think there's something, I think there's a bit more meaning behind that, you know. And also, and also, if in terms of Wyndham Clark, it felt like he was just. They felt like they were just trying to hide him, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, fully. Yeah, I mean, there was a moment I think, Ethan. I was messaging you yesterday, where, when Homa made that putt, and before Ricky got onto that tee, at sixteen, things were looking a little nervy there, yeah. because, the Euros, those last two pairings. I mean. It was close. It was American, close. I mean, they were close games. And if American wins, America wins both of those, they keep the cup. And the way things were trending at that point in time, excuse me. Yeah. And it was just interesting that knowing that, I mean, I guess you want Fowler to go for it, but good grief, you've got to give yourself a chance and, and yeah. make the see what the other guy how he responds. Because that, even yeah. if you hit a three wood and you leave it just short of that bunker and you're leaving yourself a chip up, make Fleetwood do what he did. I mean, Fleetwood was swinging so free after he saw that ball from Fowler go in the water. Yeah, I will say as well, um, that's got to break the record for the longest putt ever conceded to lose the Ryder Cup, right? What was it, four feet or three and a half feet? It wasn't that short. I, I, I remember watching it 
And I was sort of watching, oh, he's left that a little, come on. And it didn't quite, and you're like, oh, that's going to be a nervy one to finish it off. And the commentator said something like, oh, I don't think that'll be conceded for yeah. the win. And then Fowler just sort of picked the ball up. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> mate, you always saw the look on Fleetwood's face if you are. What, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. For an average putter, right? I mean, you guys yeah. consider Fleetwood average, right? Average putter? On on Sundays, yeah. He's he's pretty average on Sundays. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I, what I'm saying is, it wasn't Poulter standing over that putt. No, but, uh, I mean, in fairness though, it would have been embarrassing if anyone had missed that. But it it was it was a length of putt where asking him to putt it wouldn't have been like bad sportsmanship or something. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like a. Oh, I would have. I, what I'm saying is, unless feet, right, it was a full three feet, and unless it was Tiger Woods or Ian Poulter or even my man Brooks, if it wasn't a guy like that. I mean, I guess you're saying you would have had him put it anyways, but I'm saying I think I'd have had anybody put it. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying an average putter like Fleetwood. Let's see if his knees shake. That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah, no, that was really strange. I, I couldn't quite believe that, but um, yeah, maybe Fowler just wanted to go home at that point. <laughs> I think it proves it. I think it proves Ricky Fowler is just an unbelievable bloke. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a, <laughs> he is. He is one of the soundest blokes I've ever seen on tour. I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, he just can't even bear the fleet to watch Fleetwood miss a missable putt to win to to take home the Ryder Cup. So fair play to Ricky, and he's he's in my good books as he was before. Yeah, he's gained some fans. (laughs) What a brilliant bloke! Yeah, right, Hank. We'll um we'll let you go. I appreciate you coming back on and letting us hear you uh, stew through all the uh, the tough the tough stuff there. Um, Well. Just to recap, though, I think we need okay. to close out and recap the prior podcast. I think we were pretty close, though, with no, our predictions as to how things would have played out, right? You had some good takes, yeah. I think we were all pretty close. Um, I think the, probably the biggest miss would have been how poorly Scheffler played. Mm. Um, but mm. I think everything else we had pretty spot on Yeah. Um, in, in this group's projections. Yeah, yeah no, we did pretty well. Maybe JT as well, well a bit. Bit bit off on JT, but you know we we still stand by our disgust for the bloke. He's still lost, so that's that's the main <laughs> thing. That's, so, that's... and then to close it out, two years we go to Beth Page Black. Um, mm. I think that's pretty easily the toughest track the Ryder couple have ever been played on. Is that true? Right. I mean, yeah, I couldn't specifically think of any off the top of my head. Because what, what what even I mean I think you've even got to have a certain index to be able to uh, to tee it up there. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's gonna be interesting. Normally they put the Ryder Cup at birdie courses where you can score and make things exciting. I'm not sure a Ryder Cup where like people are winning holes with par is gonna be super exciting. But um, the theater will still be there. It's still gonna be New York, so you're gonna have a lot of douchebags running around um <laughs> USA, USA. Think, yeah so I maybe think, maybe we'll be some of those douchebags. i was gonna say i think so, tentatively i'm thinking about going to that just for the theater of it all but so maybe we think about going i was talking to even your dad about maybe going maybe we try to go for a day and we sort that out in, in two years time no i i don't you know maybe the podcast will be big enough by then that we can you know make it a business trip Char. yeah yeah well, I got to run. Thank you for having me. Congrats to you boys. Well yeah. done. Congrats Thank on you. the win. Definitely well deserved. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, good to see you, Thank Hank. you, Hank. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, good yeah stuff. well, mate, please, please, please didn't, 
please didn't deep that too hard, you know. No, I mean, no. he, he clearly he clearly got over that Hovland nine and seven pretty just, quickly. I just, I always, I forgot to ask him there. Like, I, I just forgot to ask him if he, um, if he thinks Brooks Kepka is the right choice, mate. <laughs> he loves him. I can't remember. No, I mean to be fair. No, he was pretty. Yeah. He was pretty spot on with the first predictions. So, uh, and in fair play, yeah, he came back on to 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 take the heat from the loss. You know, nothing wrong with that. Got to respect that from the bloke. So, yeah. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have wouldn't have come back. <laughs> no, I think I'd have I'd have stuck to the one person. Yeah, yeah, we'd have probably back pushed him back. There, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. can reveal if we if if the USA had won, we would not have had him on the podcast this week to go. Um, just want yeah. to make that very very clear. That, that is absolutely. Um, so you know, fair play to the lad for coming on and, and uh, you know facing the music and all that. So you know, yeah, well, uh, anyway, good good to hear his voice again. And uh, absolutely, that USA are uh, are trash, and we'll uh, we'll be him next year. You know, 100%. hey mate, quick quick point on the uh, on the course for next Ryder Cup. I mean, he's talking about you got to be got to be a certain index. I mean, you're talking to two single figure handicappers. Tally, mate, come on now. What, what 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 can't we take on? You know. <laughs> Nothing, mate. We'll see it up off the back tees at Beth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what they think of that. Mm, yeah, exactly, yeah. mate. Yeah. Hey, I've actually made a, I've actually made a new purchase. I've got to, uh, to, to my to my uh, single handicappers golf bag, which is oh, um, you, you might you might have known that I I was without a five iron. I had a I had three to a three to a nine without mm. a five, which is mm. which is a pretty pretty key gap in the bag. So mm. I um I waltzed my way into a. British Heart Foundation charity shop. <laughs> <laughs> I picked out a five iron, gave it a swing, almost knocked over a, a vase, and uh, bought it for two quid. Excellent, man. And, you uh, buy a single five iron, can you? Yeah, mate. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that puppy about one fifty. <laughs> oh, baby. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it was only the other day I realised it was a senior light flex. So uh, yeah. it's, it's it's what I'm used to. You know, it's pretty pretty bendy. Do they do uh, custom fittings at the British Heart Foundation shop? Yeah, well, you know, I think if you pay them, pay them the right amount, I'm sure okay. Do- Dorothy from around the back will come around and <laughs> round the back. That sounded dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> show you a few, show you a few of the clubs, mate. But yeah, I, I walked in. I needed a five iron, and they had a a kids left handed nine and a senior men's five iron. So took took it took it and ran. With mm. paying, obviously. Well, I can't wait to see that when we get to play together again. At yeah, yeah. Well, mate, I'm time, hearing mate. it. I'm yeah. absolutely nuking it. Don't you worry about it. Good. Good. Do you reckon the course will be open this year when we try and play, or or will it be fogged over again and we'll just have to try and sneak yeah. on? Yeah. Interesting story that when uh, I was first up onto the tee box, probably the first time ever, walked my way uh, and uh, and opened the door, which said, "Course closed." <laughs> And, so, uh, think, so when think, I arrived think, think, five minutes later, yeah, there was no gate that said course closed. That was the problem. So I wandered up to the first tee, thinking nothing was nothing was wrong. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was very foggy. I will, I, will, I will admit that. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't um, see the two hundred eighty yard green away. So you couldn't, you couldn't. Yeah. Um, but we hit our balls, walked down the first fairway, um, and then the pro shop comes riding after us in a golf cart saying the course is closed you need to get off right now um, and i said oh that's strange <laughs> and uh what would I, I, then to just then slipped me. in the detail of oh yeah well there was a sign i i, I just i moved it out of the way mate oh good <laughs> mate, was a good plan. Mate, 
the beautiful thing then was um after he after he, he drove up to us and said you go pick up your balls and come back. Pretty sure, pretty sure our, our good friend Roy then goes, Oh mate, can't even see the clubhouse. <laughs> they probably don't know we're still out here. Let's keep going. Yeah, that's right, actually. No, he came for us again. He came after us again. That's right, I forgot about that detail. Yeah. Oh, mate, one of the pleasures of playing golf with yeah. uh, with such good players, you know? Mm. I think it's really what sharpened my game up, mate, was, was or actually probably realistically what held my game back so much was I got to a certain standard and then the only people I was playing with were absolute duffers. <laughs> and I, I don't think that was good for the standard of my game, unfortunately. No. No, sorry, just just to clarify, who are you talking about there? <laughs> who are these duffers? <laughs> well, you, mate. <laughs> well, I'll have you know. I'll have you know. Amongst yeah. others, you. What? Go yeah, on. Well, I'll, um, I'll have you know. I'll have you know what? As I said last time, mate, it, show, it shows the hard work I've put in. Yes, it does. And uh, it shows how far I've come. Yeah, you've moved from a fraudulent 24 handicap to a fraudulent 9 handicap. That's good. Yeah, it's on my you CV know. now. Mate. Is it on the CV? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Yeah, Brilliant. someone's gonna someone's gonna see that and think, oh, let's get him in. Good golfer, be able to play yeah. with him. We'll send I'll him to some up. company golf days, smooth some clients. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll just caddy for him, mate. I'll just caddy. Yeah, for him. oh, good, mate. Yeah, yeah, good plan. Really good yeah. plan. Hey, uh, moving on. Did you see today that they're banning phones from UK schools? I didn't see it, mate. Not catch that on Twitter. I'll, I'll I'll get it up in front of me, so I can make sure I get the details on this right. Okay, I saw it on Rishi Sunak's Twitter account or X account. Great, great <laughs> follow that mate. Actually, um, good old Rish. Uh, let's have a look here. Um, something about stabbing. Something about backing workers. Um, um, right here we go. It says it right. It says. We know that mobile phones are a source of distraction and bullying in the classroom, yet 40% of 14-year-olds report that their lessons were disturbed by phones. So today we're banning phones in schools. Um, so <laughs> mobile phones are, are banned in public uh, uh, state schools and public schools, um, according to the new action by the Conservative Party. So good to see they're really tackling the important issues. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the... Uh... It's 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 one of the big big things going around, you know. You're worried about the kids mm. driving planes. No, it's um, <laughs> hey, it it's, it's it's a big problem actually. You know, I think it'd be a shame if he let the immigration crisis and the economy and um, you know, that kind of stuff interrupt him from from getting phones out of schools. You know, what I'm saying mm. it's, it's it's good to see he's really um taking taking leading from the front on that. Yeah, well, mate. Um, back back in the day of my my school years actually a bit mm. before you you rocked up mm. we were we were the first year uh we were given ipads oh yes yes <laughs> they just they just chucked us with ipads mate they had no idea what they were doing and all the teachers just thought oh they're on their ipads they must be doing something productive yes <laughs> we're there as 12 year olds yeah. you know uh, yeah we, we've been uh, working the whole time mate you know yes indeed <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah yeah. I mean, how are these poor kids going to get home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be left on the side of the road and their parents are going to come say, well, you didn't text us. You know? the, the thing that really made me crack up about the iPads back in the day was was the old 
you know, if the teacher walked over to you while you were playing a game or watching a film or something and you, you just would tap the home screen. Yeah. And they'd walk past you just staring at the home screen of your yeah. iPad and go, oh, yeah, yeah. fair enough. You know, yeah. Yeah. Enough. Mate, nothing sus about that, mate. mate. Not even staring, just like, like gripping <laughs> the iPad, yeah. staring at it so intently. And then you're just looking at the home screen. It's yeah. Settings. Oh, man, the app settings really got to there. Or we'll switch over to the planner and pretend you're checking your schedules and like that. Yeah. Yeah. God. Always a good time. Days. Always no, the, the planner always got to me. Yeah. yeah the planner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My planner's not working. <laughs> Rock up after three weeks to do a, a crossword. And you said, sorry, the task never came through on iPad. So. <laughs> really? Sorry. It's not my mistake. I, I didn't it's see it. Like, I never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> my planet's my miss. My planet's not working. Oh, oh, mate. Doesn't top, doesn't top the, uh, the the Zoom calls in COVID when everyone sat with their cameras off and, until <laughs> until one of the teachers asks a question directly to you, and then the Wi-Fi cuts, <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden it doesn't say Charlie's left the meeting. It says he's been kicked. <laughs> my favorite thing, mate. I don't know about you. It felt like every single person in the year had their Wi-Fi replaced during that that period of Zoom yeah. school, just just to get out of a day at some point. Like, oh no, my Wi-Fi is being substituted today. Yeah. <laughs> Can't make it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I did have some difficulties over that period. I think it just must have been the stress on the system. Mm. You know, mm. you know. Mm. And then never forget our UCAS and higher education Zoom call the entire year logs on and you've got this woman whose job amongst being a teacher i must admit but her job is to help kids get into university and she set up this whole thing and someone's programmed um some ai bot to repeat everything she says with an outrageous accent mate i'm pretty sure it wasn't an ai bot i'm pretty sure this random geezer has just texted his mate from outside of school to say, can we make this funny? Oh, man. no way that was a real bloke. No way that was a real bloke. Mate, oh, oh, it was it was absolutely incredible. You got teachers almost cracking up. Didn't have a clue. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, no, the best bit was, mate, it's, this, this bloke just waffling around the background and no one can mute him, no one can do anything. And the teacher just goes, I think the problem's my end. I'll, I'll leave and rejoin. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes later, in the meantime, this bloke's still waffling away. He returns, yeah. and the, the good oh, old the good old, the good old teacher just just a horrendous delegation. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me delegate to somebody else who doesn't know what they're yeah, doing. Oh, special <laughs> yeah. times, mate. Special times. But yeah, please, yeah, please, please the kids phones. won't be getting distracted by their phones for much That's longer. Good. Rightfully so. You know, we, we, we're sorting out the real issues in this world and on this podcast, mm. and we're here mm. to give you. We, we, we're here to give you some great... We give you the updates on the irrelevant policies that the uh, Prime Minister comes up with. So there you go. we can be here to do that for you, really. That's, that's, yeah, that's uh, t- 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 talking about uh, another uh, irrelevant news story, is mm. uh, I don't know if you saw Patty Reid. <laughs> His uh, $750 million defamation lawsuit uh, was dismissed oh. without even getting engaged mm. for, uh, for claims that Patty Reid had been, uh, been bullied. <laughs> yeah. The well-known target. Oh, yeah. I never forget they um the Europeans really stuck it to them, you know, get in the bunker. Yeah. yeah. Good old day. And and it can happen to a great bloke, let's be honest. No, what a good what a good honest player he is too, really. 
Really sad I didn't see him in the uh, in the Ryder Cup this year. Mm. I was sort of hoping he'd turn up for Europe or something, you know? Oh, mate. Anyway, to get him in the team, honestly. Just let him enjoy the moment, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, shout out, Patty Reed. Hopefully we can have you on the podcast soon, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll abuse you. Mm. It's such a shame he won the Masters because, oh. other than that, his career is so irrelevant. Yeah. Mate, can you imagine rocking up to Champions Dinner and you're yeah. sort of... You're looking around the room and you're thinking, oh, Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. You sit down, you're next to this weasel. <laughs> Patrick Reed. Well, I mean, mate, if I mean, obviously it never happened, but knowing my luck, if I won the Masters, I'd end up sat between Mickelson and Patty Reed. <laughs> mate, Patty Reed, Patty Reed would just take all your food off you. <laughs> Probably, mate. Probably. Hey, you're, you're, Mickelson will tell you some boring up. story about stretching or drinking coffee or something like that. You know, one of those, one of those golden ones. Mate, it's such a shame about Phil Mickelson. I used to used to love the Blake. The drop off is absurd. I know, and he he, he he was he was ridiculously popular. Mm. Ridiculously, you know. Really, I mean, you talk about ruining your legacy, mate. And have you seen the stories about his gambling? No, oh, mate. Let me let me get the official number up here, just so you can understand how like like crazy some of this shit is. Um, oh, one second. Right here, you go, here, you go, 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 go. The accountants reckon Phil Mickelson has lost around a hundred million dollars gambling on sport, and his total yeah, wages—his well. <laughs> total wages—are more than a billion. Yeah, that well, um, yeah, that's 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 a bit of a dent. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. that is crazy. Uh, in all seriousness, that is ridiculous. I mean, they they did they did when they when they had that Deshambo versus Mickelson match. He did sort of. Chuck it out on the first tee, saying, "Grand for the winner." <laughs> yeah, he, pre- he proceeded to lose. So I, <laughs> I think that's probably part of the. We saw firsthand the, uh, the yeah, addiction there. How can you be that bad at gambling? I mean, fucking hell! At least, at least win the matches you bet on. I mean, is there not a thing in your brain at some point when you go, "Oh, I've lost multiple million here. I'll probably give it up now." Yeah, I mean, he's probably to be fair to him, he's probably lost ninety nine million in one game. <laughs> and then and then that was just that was just the majority of the dent but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure mate yeah 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 yeah, yeah well yeah. cheers mate cheers thank you mate yeah <laughs> cheers mate yeah I believe that is quality control kicking in to tell us that the podcast is over <laughs> for this week whenever whenever the cheers mate comes out yeah, and we just yeah. have to keep rolling with the punches thank you thank you yeah. oh, oh mate we're going to do that segment this week won't we? I guess that's going to be safe for next week next week tune in next week probably um, we'll probably put yeah, might, might out next week sometime yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah most likely I'll put it at about yeah. 90% chance yeah, um, yeah. Mate, new segment roll with the punches you know Sometimes life gets tough. Just got rolling punches, man. Rolling punches, that's what it's all about. Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening to episode six, brackets five of this podcast. That's going to get tough in the future, that. You're going to forget. Thank you for listening to episode 60, brackets 59. Yeah. Yeah. It'll become part of the folklore, mate, of the show. Don't worry. The the, the folklore. Yeah, good pronunciation there, mate. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Please drive America, really. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, so we'll, we'll leave it there for this week, I think. Um, as we've descended into um, you know, our usual sort of chit chat back and forth. 
nonsense. And um, Charlie, mate, I'll say to you, have a have a lovely week, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Remember, everyone, five star reviews if you can. Say a few nice words about us, even if you don't particularly like us. We appreciate it and it helps us move up the charts, as is our destiny, you know, realistically. And um, we will speak to you all again soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, cheers, cheers. mate. Cheers, cheers for cheers for doing the show, mate. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, cheers thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Have a good week, mate. Cheers. Yeah, you too, mate. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, mate. <laughs> cheers. Oh, yes. <laughs>